Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the one and only Wisconsin Badgers insider from the great state of Wisconsin and living back in the 608, my brother, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. Nick, the Badgers are coming off of an extremely unfortunate loss under the bright lights at Camp Randall, but they have a great bounce back opportunity in Bloomington this weekend. And if I'm not mistaken, the Badgers will also be returning to the hardwood next week back at the Cole Center for two games in the first week of their season. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my brother? You are definitely not mistaken. Badgers come back next week for the hardwood, and I will be headed to Bloomington this weekend as well uh, to cover this game. I'm really excited for this one. I think that Wisconsin's got a great bounce-back opportunity, though it's not even necessarily that much to quote-unquote bounce back from because overall they played pretty darn well, especially defensively against Ohio State. But as you all know, we got a lot of Bears stuff to discover today. Nick, a mix of incredible news and another week of despair on the field for our beloved Chicago Bears. But folks, please be tuned in to Nick's Badgers coverage as they take on Arkansas State next Monday night back at the Kohl Center and then hosting one of the best teams in the country on Friday in the Tennessee Volunteers. So I am over the moon for Badger basketball. I'm looking forward to getting back to the Kohl Center at some point this season. But you're absolutely right. The Bears have been in the headlines once again. So let's dive right into it. Folks, as always, strap in for a wild one. And juice up! All right, Nick, as I just alluded to, our beloved Chicago Bears are coming off of a truly abysmal performance in prime time with the entire world watching out at SoFi Stadium. The game was over before it started. We lost by double digits. As per usual this season, a 30 to 13 loss to a Chargers team that was desperate for a win. And I will say this right now Justin Herbert pitched a near perfect game, especially in that first half, threw three touchdowns to three different receivers and just tore apart our defense. And then it was. Just keeping the lead safe in the second half. They only had a couple field goals. So the Bears defense really isn't at fault once again. Justin Herbert's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. And as we can truly say at this point, Tyson Bagent is just a backup. Yeah, I think you, you know, especially kind of hit it on the head with a player that we really like in Justin Herbert. And things just looked so easy for him out there. I mean, completing 
nearly everything early. I think it was a really poor showing from the Bears as a whole, but specifically pass rush or lack thereof. Coverage wasn't terrific. Tackling could have been better. And then Bajan, that is a major kind of aspect of things, which we've known that Justin Fields is likely the guy, certainly the guy above Tyson Bajan. But that just kind of made things even more clear. I think we had some hope. I'm not sure either of us really expected a win there, but it was one of those that was just kind of an unfortunate uh, performance. And as I was kind of speaking with a friend today about things, the Bears have another one in national TV coming up soon, which ideally will be better uh, in about a week or so. Actually, a week from when we're recording. But yes, that was probably the most embarrassing one of the season so far outside of, of course, the Chiefs. Nick, you sum it up perfectly in terms of taking a look at our defense. They were not to blame on the whole as Justin Herbert is truly coming into form at this point in his career, and things look effortless for him against the Bears. But if we have to criticize the defense, I'm sorry to say it's our man from Wisconsin and the state of Illinois, T.J. Edwards, with some costly play in the first half, arm tackling against one of the most slippery running backs in the league in Austin Eckler. Some points could have been taken off the board had TJ Edwards been tackling the way we know he's capable of, as Austin Eckler had a resurgent performance and was evading tacklers all evening long. But it truly comes down to this, Nick. And you mentioned the national TV spot next week, which I'm almost more excited for than this coming week against the New Orleans Saints. We need Justin Fields back in a Chicago Bears uniform and on the football field. This team is truly lost without its offensive leader in QB1 Justin Fields. Yes, DJ Moore has stayed mildly productive with Tyson Bagent, and those are most of the time late desperation throws to the most reliable receiver on the field in DJ Moore. Cole Komet was very productive against the Chargers, but those are sure-handed guys that should be getting touches from Jump Street as opposed to chasing late in the game. So we need Justin Fields back. And I know it won't be this week, but it has to be against the Panthers next week. I really couldn't agree more. And that was very well said, my brother. You know, I think that Bajent was a cool story, and I hope nothing but the best for him. But Justin Fields, there were just some some weird agendas being pushed with kind of that whole thing. Fields is more talented. He's a better player. He's a good leader. The guys love him. I mean, there's a reason so many former players speak the way they do about him as well. I will say, as I know that it's a pretty loaded show and and we've got some uh, kind of transactions and moves to touch on along with a little preview, some of these moves make me feel a little bit better about a potential recognizing that Justin Fields is the guy for the future because it seems like they're wanting to win now with a couple of these. And when you're wanting to win now, you might not have as high of a draft pick. So that's something I'm excited about. 
Nick, you're as smooth as they come. That was quite the transition and the most incredible piece of news on the docket, and that is our beloved Chicago Bears not being sellers at the trade deadline, which is rather surprising considering our 2-6 and six record midway through the season. And we went out and got one of the premier pass rushers in this league from the Washington Commanders, who we played against this season and beat. And he is coming to the good side. Montez Sweat is now a Chicago Bear. He will be wearing number 98 in the navy and orange. And the most remarkable stat to come from this transaction is that Montez Sweat has six and a half sacks this season, which is a respectable number for a pass rusher about midway through the season. And that equals the amount of sacks that the Bears defense has as a whole through eight games. So we're bolstering our numbers there, but the biggest issue with this trade is can we get Montez Sweat back next year as his contract expires in January when the season concludes. So he's only 27 years old, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to make that trade if you are not confident in signing him for the long term. Yeah, this was a player that we both wanted. I know we were texting a little bit about Chase Young. I had mentioned maybe because there was there's a pretty prominent Bears account that kept doing like sweat gifs and stuff. I absolutely would take Montez uh, over Chase Young right now, even though I think both are good to really good players. You're right. The key now is kind of figuring out the potential contract situation. And it sounds like there's some focus and encouragement about getting this thing done pretty early, uh, which is a great thing. Obviously, an extension was made for another bear that I'll let you hit on soon, but that was encouraging. And as we're making these moves, I think what we really need to see is something either during the season or likely after done for Jalen Johnson, who I think for the most part has shown he's not only a premier corner, but he's somebody that brings it every week and that has generally been very reliable health-wise and durability-wise as well. Nick, I love how you bring up Jalen Johnson truly smiling across the screen from you as I would argue him not being traded was a more important decision than bringing in Montez Sweat because Jalen Johnson, his rookie deal is expiring and he has gained a tremendous amount of respect around the league as one of the better shutdown corners in the NFL right now. I mean, we heard Chris Collinsworth gushing over him on Sunday night, and that's someone who makes his living on grading guys' performances at Pro Football Focus. So, of course, we don't need to take those ratings as gospel, but Jalen Johnson is a name that is feared around the league for opposing wide receivers. And he is a Chicago bred NFL player because we are the team that drafted him. And yes, 
An extension certainly needs to be made for Montez Sweat, but he's a newcomer and he ultimately gets to make that decision as to whether he wants to remain in Chicago, as does Jalen Johnson. But there's a history between Johnson and the Bears. He's been around and we want to make him a bear for life. And that one concerns me the most. Hopefully it gets done before the end of the regular season and not moving into free agency come March. I would love that. And I think it'd be really kind of comforting for us and the Bears and many fans. It sounds like he's going to wait to really kind of get into this and, and talk about things until after the season. But it's nice that I've gotten the sense he also wants to be a Bear uh, for a long time, hopefully for the rest of his career. I know that he was surprised he wasn't traded, but I, I do think it's a place that he really enjoys. Obviously, he's very well-liked and well-received in the locker room. And that's kind of one of the next key guys this team needs to keep around. Because what's the point of always getting draft capital and saving money if you obviously don't use it for your best players? And I, I don't think he's anything less than a top 10 or 11 corner in the NFL. Nick, you said it best in terms of the Bears setting money aside and having some of the most cap space in the league. It's time to spend it on the guys that have performed on the field and have been loyal to the franchise when there's honestly no reason to be given the outcome of the games every Sunday. And honestly, the disrespect that Jalen Johnson has received by not getting a contract at this stage in the game. But someone that did get a contract that we will cover just before making our game predictions is... The man in the middle, number 97, Big Andrew Billings, who has had a very tough road as an NFL player, spending time on practice squads and truly willing his way onto the 53-man roster. He has been a consistent performer for this Bears defense, and we just extended him for two more years on. I would say a very generous deal for the team, eight and yeah. a half million over the next two years. And I said it on Twitter earlier that it's hard to equate what a defensive tackle does in this league in terms of numbers. But you see Andrew Billings on screen more often than not when you're watching these games and he is one of the most consistent disruptors on this bears defense midway through the season. Yeah, it was a really kind of exciting deal because he has been very consistent. I love what you said about the D tackle position and I'd say it's very team friendly. I think, you know, the bears wanted him to stay around. He wants kind of that long-term security. You mentioned obviously kind of how he's gotten here and some of his path hasn't always been, the most linear within the NFL. So it's really exciting. I, I think he's been a truly reliable player and it's a good building block type thing. But now let's get some of those big names signed for good. I'm really hoping we'll see what happens with Justin Fields, but 
that DJ Moore is in Chicago for a long, long time as well. I know he still has a couple more years on his current contract. Nick, rolling into Sunday down at the Superdome, we will be going up against the New Orleans Saints, who I was truly stunned looking at their record, sitting at 500 through eight weeks. I knew they won a few games in a row, but I was appalled to see that they have a 4-4 four and four record as I've had a couple opportunities to watch them this season. I saw them blow a multiple-score lead against the Green Bay Packers earlier in the year, and so I haven't had too high of an opinion on the Saints, but the odds makers are certainly respecting them as another week where the Bears are an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. And I think this one is mind-boggling once again because the Saints have won three out of their last four, and by the looks of it, their offense has gotten going. But I am still not sold on Derek Carr and his connection with Chris Olave or Alvin Kamara because the numbers for those two absolute weapons have not been stellar. So he may be spreading the wealth down there in Louisiana, but Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave, who are the premier players on that offense, have not been getting the touches they seemingly deserve. But New Orleans offense has scored 30 or more points in three out of their last four football games. So we have to get prepared for a true dogfight at the Superdome. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I mean, the Saints, I feel like they could even be a bit better than their record is. I like Derek Carr. He's had a couple tough moments that I, I didn't really like seeing from him uh, with the Saints so far. But I think overall, it's just kind of like how that team has been for the better part of the last three or four years, really since Breeze. They're not going to blow out too many teams, but they also kind of have enough veteran players, decent defense, and enough good assistant coaches, I don't think they're going to get blown out in too many spots. It's going to be a really tough game for the Bears to win. There's no question, especially with Tyson Bajan. But again, I do think that spread is a little high because that offense, even though you hit on some of the team scoring, some of that's been aided by good defense, and I don't think I would call them super explosive right now. Nick, I am encouraged by your analysis looking at the New Orleans Saints as I think their record is fraudulent and I think that the spread against the Bears yes we're sitting at two and six bottom of the barrel team right now I'll be the first to say it but to be a two score underdog against the Saints who have had their struggles this season it's been up and down Clearly, the connection between Derek Carr and his weapons has not been solidified. I think this game is going to be tight, and I think the New Orleans Saints offense comes back down to earth as the Bears are bolstering their defensive line. Montez Sweat will likely play on Sunday. He's a plug-and-play type guy. He doesn't want to miss any opportunity on the field. 
especially considering that it's a contract year. So I think this game stays close. And I have to be realistic in my prediction that the Bears are not going to win the football game solely based on what we saw in primetime against the Chargers because Tyson Bajant cannot get the job done. That's extremely evident. But the Bears will have some momentum rolling into next week on Thursday night, a battle for the race to the bottom, as I would like to say. (laughs) But as we know, the Bears hold Carolina's first-round pick this coming year, so the outcome of the game will not affect that too much. But, Nick, my prediction for this New Orleans Saints game is a 24-17 to loss. Like I say, we keep it close, and Derek Carr has an awakening as he is an average quarterback in this league. And bold predictions-wise, the man himself, the newly minted Chicago Bear, Montez Sweat, representing that defensive line, finds himself in the New Orleans Saints backfield and pummeling Derek Carr twice on Sunday afternoon. Two sacks from the newcomer, and Derek Carr has to dust the grass stains off of his jersey because he got knocked into next Tuesday. I love those picks. I think that, yeah, you know, I think a loss is fair. I I do think that the Bears keep it close for the most part. The defense will need to step up. And I'm going to go similar, bold prediction, but not just based on one player. I'm going to go the Bears total three sacks, which for most teams, okay. This year, the pass rush is just unbelievably bad, like you hit on with some of those numbers earlier. So that'd be a massive day. And I'm going to say that Darnell Mooney, again, not too crazy, but it's a bit bold, especially with Bajan at quarterback, 80 yards and a score. And he's had flashes. It hasn't been the Mooney season we expected. It hasn't been the Bear season we expected. But I think that's very doable. And obviously keeping eyes on Alvin Kamara will be huge for our defense. Nick, I would argue your Darnell Mooney prediction is extremely bold. As last week was his birthday in primetime. And Tyson Bajant had no interest in throwing him the football other than that first drive where he had a 30-plus yard catch downfield. It was as if Darnell Mooney did not exist beyond that point. And that was disappointing to see. I hope he can get something going in the passing game and looking 11's way. But my offensive bold prediction is similar, but for a different wide receiver, and that is DJ Moore. I've mentioned he's been minorly productive without Justin Fields at quarterback, and it's usually in the third and fourth quarter when the Bears are down late. He has to be the focal point of the Bears' offense if the Bears are going to compete in this game against the Saints. We know the Saints' defense has been stout, and who better than the playmaker himself, DJ Moore, to erupt and 
get himself open. I am predicting that DJ Moore eclipses the original season total prediction of 800 yards through nine games, not the 17 on the schedule, through nine games. He's sitting at 691 right now. So he will eclipse 800 by the end of Sunday's contest. I am predicting 111 yards and a touchdown for the premier wide receiver. That's crazy that he could already do it so early. And we know that he's very likely to get that done. I love those picks. I'll be able to watch some good ball on Sunday. And hopefully after just a crazy week and a half for Chicago, they can really give us something to be excited about on the field. Nick, I know we're both predicting a loss here, but I am beyond grateful for your positivity because if we could somehow get our first win at the Superdome since 1991 on Sunday and then roll into another primetime spot on Thursday of next week with a very winnable game, Sitting at four and six through 10 games, I would be truly stunned at the Bears' recovery. But like I said, it's not a good opportunity for the Bears to win against the Saints. But I am not ruling the possibility out. And that's why I believe it'll be a close game. To round out the show here, Nick, I have to give. My NFL pick of the week, and last week was an absolute loser, giving the Bears plus eight and a half. But for week nine of this NFL season, I have the Buffalo Bills on the road in Cincinnati with DeMar Hamlin entering the fold once again, going up against the Bengals who caused him one of the scariest injuries and medical conditions we've seen on a football field. I have the Buffalo Bills on the road, plus two against the surging Cincinnati Bengals. Buffalo is nothing to sneeze at. They are rounding into form as we speak. And I still have confidence that the Bills are a contender for a Super Bowl. And I could very well see them winding back up in the AFC Championship this year against the Kansas City Chiefs. So give me the Buffalo Bills in Cincy, plus two. I think they win the game outright and move to six and three on the year. I know you saw me smiling across the screen. Obviously, I've joined in with my pick here and there. And that is honest to God, the exact one I was going to give when I had seen it. It was Buffalo plus three, so people must be thinking the same as us, obviously betting towards that number. So that's a great call. I'm excited for that one. You know, got to balance a lot of things this weekend, but that is a game I will also have some eyes on. Love your pick of the week this week. Nick, I'm absolutely over the moon for our synergy and am hoping for an extremely exciting weekend of football. And then looking ahead to the Carolina Panthers next week as our beloved Chicago Bears will just have a handful of days to prepare. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, tune.
Bear down forever.